did some lot of things. In fact, the story of this man covers 14 chapters of the book of Genesis. Moses devoted more time to telling us about the life of this young man than anybody else, including Abraham. 14 chapters about this guy. So that indicates to me that what he did is pretty significant. And it indicates to me that there's a lot of things that we can learn from this guy. It's a great story about a young man dreaming of doing something of real significance for God, but then having to deal with some serious conflict and disappointment. It's the story of Joseph. Joseph's story touches on a lot of lessons for us. It's about conflict, it's about disappointment. And it's about being accused of some stuff he didn't do and having to serve time for that. So how did he see the presence of God in his life? How did he see the presence of God at work while he was in prison? How did he face some pretty awful circumstances that fell upon him? What unusual circumstances did God use to get him to the point where he wanted him? God used him in ways that he could possibly never have even dreamed of. But just before the events we're going to look look at at the moment, we're going to read a very small passage of scripture out of the life of Joseph. For anyone who wants to know more, your homework is to read Genesis chapters 37 through to chapter 50. And that will tell you all about the life of Joseph. And there's some incredible things in there. But just before what we're going to read about in a minute, he had upset his brothers He'd really crossed the line as far as they were concerned. And they had sold him to slave traders who were on their way to Egypt. And this is where we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 to 18. If this thing works, here we go. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, so he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Technical difficulty? From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. 
One day he went into the house to attend his duties and no one of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought, uh, has brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. So she kept his cloak beside her until her master came home, till his master came home, sorry. Then she told this story, that Hebrew slave you bought us, uh, brought us has come to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. We hear messages using this story to teach us lessons about how to deal with temptation, particularly sexual temptation. And dealing with our own lusts and pressure from people and uh, lots of things that are in our face in this highly sexualised culture. And certainly Joseph found himself in a compromising position where knowing how to respond to Potiphar's wife and that she would not take no for an answer. But there's more to Joseph than just dealing with temptation. Joseph had developed a pretty acute moral sense from an early age. He wasn't always sensitive in the way he dealt with his brothers uh, and other people and he didn't, it didn't make him very, appear very nice. In fact, it made him look pretty arrogantly self-righteous. Now, let's just think about Joseph a little bit. He'd come from a pretty dysfunctional family. Um, he was the son of Jacob and Rachel. He lived in the land of Canaan with ten half-brothers, one full brother, at least one half-sister and three stepmothers. He was Rachel's firstborn and Jacob's eleventh son. And of all of his sons, Joseph, his father, preferred Jacob. So that didn't go over too well with his brothers. Can you imagine that? He would have been, you know, he's the golden-haired boy. He's teacher's pet, so to speak. When Joseph was 17 years old, he had two dreams that made his brothers pretty angry and made made them plot his demise. In the first dream, Joseph and his brothers gathered bundles of grain and straw. He gathered some and his brothers did. And in the dream, Joseph saw that those other bundles of his brothers had bowed to his bundle. In the second dream... The sun representing his father, the moon representing his mother and 11 stars representing his brothers bowed to Joseph himself. Now can you imagine the brothers' reaction when he told them about this? Can you imagine what they would have thought? Who is this young upstart? Who does he think he is? We're not going to bow to him. What does he think he's doing? And probably a few choice adjectives to go with it. At the end of the day, though, he made himself rather unpopular and he probably a little bit unwisely shared those dreams with his brothers. And we can find that part of that story in Genesis 37, 1-11. But in the end, it is apparent that because he had a clearer vision of God than most people is why he saw those dreams. 
How he reacted to them, though, was probably somewhat immature. One of the things about God is that he defines our character. How we react and interact with God determines our position in, in his estimation of us, how he feels about us, how our character is with him. And that is on display for everybody to see. Now, in Joseph's case, although he was fairly brash as a young man, as he grew older, he gained a lot of maturity because he had a relationship with God, because he was keeping company with God. In his dreams, it was implying his supremacy, and that angered his brother. But in the end, it's apparent that his clear vision had defined what made him the man that he was. So it's interesting that when Potiphar, sorry, when Joseph tries to explain to Potiphar's wife why he has to resist her advances and say no, it's not just because Joseph is fearing consequences. It's not just because Joseph is worried that he's going to violate Potiphar's trust or even the threat of what Potiphar might do to him. It is because he understands that his relationship with God is at stake. And in Genesis 39.9, Joseph says, How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Joseph could see something higher here, something higher than just human consequences, something higher than just human feelings. He could see that if he was going to do something like that, he was going to violate God's trust in him, not just man's trust. This is not about keeping the Ten Commandments, although the rules of the Ten Commandments help in defining the bottom line. But for Joseph, it's more about keeping company with God. It's more about the holiness of, of the life that he was practising. It's more about justice that he was practising. And it's more about his relationship with God. The message of biblical prophets like Amos and Micah say that our worship means nothing if it is not accompanied by acting justly and mercifully and walking humbly with God. And that's the stuff that Joseph practised. He was merciful. He was humble. And he was, what's the other one? He was merciful and just walked mercifully and justifiably, just, justifiably and humbly before God. And he practiced those things. So reading through the story of Joseph, it's very easy to see the very clear vision that God had put into Joseph's life. Now bear in mind, he's a young man. He's virile, he's strong, he's handsome. He's having something offered to him on a plate but he is strong enough to say, no, that is not the way I'm going. And that reflects his relationship with God. We know that Potiphar's wife tested Joseph's faith, but the factor of the matter is that Joseph's faith and integrity was being tested all the time. And all the time Potiphar was watching him because Potiphar had trusted him with so much. Now here's Joseph, he's at the pinnacle of his career. He's the most important member of Potiphar's household, of Potiphar's staff. He's basically, effectively, the CEO of Potiphar's business. 
He's got everything. And now it's being tested. Now that, just imagine Potiphar's reaction when his wife told him her version of what happened. Potiphar has a bit of a moral dilemma here now, doesn't he? Does he believe his wife or does he believe the man who for quite some time has been running his household and very well in fact, he has seen that God has blessed Joseph so much so that everything Joseph has done has had the blessing of God upon it and so not only has Joseph prospered but Potiphar has has prospered as well because God has blessed Potiphar through Joseph. So Potiphar has this moral problem now. What do I do with Joseph? Supposedly he's attempted to rape my wife. My wife tells me that. So I have another problem. If I don't believe my wife, I'm in even bigger problems. I have a huge dilemma here. What am I going to do? So, of course, Potiphar could have, if he had 100% believed his wife, could have had Joseph executed on the spot. That's how much power Potiphar had. But he didn't do that. What did he do? Anyone know the story? He had Joseph thrown in prison. Now, that's a whole other story because the captain of the guard in the prison saw some gifting in Joseph and put him in charge of the rest of the prisoners. But that's a whole other story. I could probably preach for a whole year on Joseph, but I'm not going to. The fact of the matter here is that Joseph has been accused of something he didn't do. How did he react to that? This is the emphasis today. How did Joseph react when adverse circumstances came upon him? He still maintained his relationship with God. He still kept company with God. He still listened to what God had said. He still knew that God had a much bigger plan, much bigger than Joseph, much bigger than Potiphar, and much bigger than Joseph could ever even think. Despite his young age, Joseph had been given more and more responsibility. And we're told that not only had things gone well for Joseph, but they'd been gone well for Potiphar. Now... That's all hit rock bottom. Things were going so well for Joseph and now what's happened? It's all gone pear-shaped. And that happens to us in life as well. Things go very well. God seems to bless us and then it all goes pear-shaped. And that's a part of life. But keeping company with God is not just about solving a few major or even minor ethical dilemmas. And it's certainly not just about any kind of temptation, but it's about integrity being expressed in the habits of a lifetime. It's about what shapes every decision we make, especially the ones that we don't really have time to think of. Who's ever been asked a question of their work? How do you do your job? Anyone ever been asked that? For me, I got asked that one day. I said, I don't know, I just go to work and do it. Why? Because I'm on autopilot. I don't think about it. I just go to work and do it. So in our walk with God, how do we sometimes make decisions? I don't know. We're on autopilot. We just just do it. Why is that? It's because we internalise stuff. It's because quite often we don't think about stuff. We just do it. But what determines the stuff we do, the stuff we think about, the stuff 
the decisions we make, what determines that is often our character. It's often our walk with God. It's often the, the relationship we have with God. It's often how well we keep company with God that shapes our character and determines how we react to, to stuff and how we make decisions. So we could be said to be on autopilot. But how is your autopilot wired? Where is your autopilot headed? Where are we going? Potiphar couldn't help but admire Joseph. He couldn't help but admire Joseph's integrity. He couldn't help but think about how well Joseph had got his life together. Potiphar had come to trust Joseph big time and he, he couldn't help wondering what really happened based on the story that his wife gave him. Was he a man who was blinded to Joseph or was he a man who really saw the real Joseph? This is all stuff that would have been going on in, in Potiphar's mind. Maybe he felt that his wife had been violated. Maybe he felt that he'd been trapped into making some sort of decision. But at the end of the day, he couldn't really bring himself to have Joseph executed, so he put him in jail. Now, sometimes we find ourselves victims of circumstances that are stacked in a way that we can't win no matter what. Even if we are the ones who have, you know, the party that's feeling terribly manipulated or misunderstood. If circumstances are such that it makes us look really bad and contradicts the idea that we might be doing the right thing, even that, God is still in control. Sometimes doing the right thing is very costly. Sometimes we don't just do the right thing so we can prosper. We do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Because integrity matters. Who's ever familiar with the little acronym WWJD? What does it mean? Louder? What would Jesus do? So how many times was Jesus, did Jesus have the finger pointed at him when he was the innocent party? Exactly the same thing was happening here with Joseph. Now in Bible college there's a subject called typology and what it does is it, it studies other characters in the Bible who had been through circumstances which could be related to very similar circumstances that Jesus went through in his life. Joseph is one such character who went through some stuff very similar to Jesus. Joseph was falsely accused. Joseph was accused of doing something that he wouldn't have even dreamed of doing. And he suffered a penalty for that. But God worked in that in, in ways that we wouldn't even imagine. I would hope that integrity has a positive face that is not just defined by what we don't do. Very often we're known more for what we don't do than what we do do. Sometimes we find ourselves constantly caught on the back foot if we're against something that's unjust or that we don't like. Sometimes we're identified as the people who don't drink, who don't smoke, who don't swear, who don't dance and very often don't have much fun. I suggest that anyone that thinks that probably should come to the fearless youth because we've actually visited them and seen them have a lot of fun and that's fantastic. But at the end of the day, as Christians, do we want to be known for what we don't do or for what we do do and the good things that we do and the way we try to bless people 
and the way that we want to keep our lives in check with God and keep company with God. Jesus was criticised because he seemed to be having too much fun with sinners and the people that were trying desperately to maintain a a pretense of holiness got worried. Remember the Pharisees. Let's look at Joseph dealing with temptation. Although it is decisive that Joseph tells deals with temptation here and which has significant consequences for him. In fact, Joseph responds, the way Joseph responds is a product of a consistent life of integrity. It's a response based on what Joseph has known for a long time, the presence of God and being trustworthy and being tested and proved to be true. Joseph had an awareness of God that gave him a very, very clear vision. What a wonderful thing for a young man to be so clear about. And he was so clear about his vision of God that his career didn't even matter as much as his standing with God. Even if it meant ending up in prison. Are we a people who know that It's God that writes the end of the story. No matter what we do or try to do, at the end of the day, God writes the end of the story. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Despite any bad circumstances, isn't it better, wouldn't it be better to be living in prison with a clear conscience than to be living free but being held captive by a bad conscience and that the world needs now at every level, people who know God and know where God stands. So many times, very often I watch some of those TV shows where they, you know, like it's been a cold case and they've finally solved it and stuff like that. And nine out of ten times when a criminal is caught, they describe a sense of relief at being caught and having been brought to justice and being held accountable for what they do. They they find so much relief in finally getting rid of their guilty conscience and going to prison. So that tells me that it is far better to have a clear conscience, even if it means going to prison, than what it is to try and live in guilt. We hope we will stand with humility rather than arrogant presumption, but also with a combination of wisdom and courage that will make a difference, just like Joseph did and also like Jesus. Musicians, would you please come back? How will it be for you tomorrow? What sort of vision will God enable you to live with more integrity tomorrow? Every one of us has integrity. We need more. How will we live in order to become more trusted tomorrow? How will you be tested tomorrow? I don't know, most, there's a few people here that will be old enough to remember when we used to have different kind of bus and train tickets. At one time, bus tickets were paper and train tickets were a piece of cardboard. But on the back of the bus tickets, there always used to be a little message. And I remember one of those bus tickets said one time, if you ever feel far away from God, if you ever feel that God is not near you, who moved? Who moved? 
If you've moved, what would need to happen for you to want to move back into God's presence, into keeping company with God? Who's ever had a situation where a family member has moved away for a period of time? They've gone away for a little while to do something. I know the Carboni's had Emma go away for 12 months. What was the feeling when that family member actually goes away? There's a feeling of sadness. You're not going to see them for a while. You're going to miss them. In the family member that goes away, there might be homesickness. Ever wondered how God might feel when you move away? Does He feel sad? Would He wish that you didn't go away? What about when that family member comes back? Is there happiness? Is there joy? Is there rejoicing? Is there often a homecoming party? How do you think God feels when you come back? He rejoices. He's very pleased. He has a party. If you've moved away from God and know that you need to move back, God is waiting to renew His relationship with you this morning. God wants to have a chat. God wants to keep company with you. Do you want to keep company with Him? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray for each and every person here and I just pray that Your hand would be upon them and that if they need to keep company with You, that You'll give them the opportunity to do that. And that in any case, that You would give us all an opportunity to keep even better company with You than we currently do. We thank You, Lord, for Your Word in Jesus' name. Amen.